Chapter 35 The First Day The Levels of Life If you were a storm, now who would you be? No control over where you go, but rather all you embody is pure awareness set free. Drifting between all things, go monitor life across the land, sky, and sea. There is nowhere to go and nothing to be. Dearest Mahakali, before this seven-day period begins, can you teach me about the intensity I feel stemming from deep within? There is a sense of severity growing inside of me, and it feels as if justice is where your motive begins. When this intensity starts to surge, it feels like a fiery power ready to rumble. I do my best to focus on love in this present moment, but I feel a source of inner anger that makes me far from humble. Examine what is within. Remember, you have the lens that can see through all. You chose this path, my dear. Do you remember when you descended from heaven to answer this call? Said Mahakali. A call? What call? I feel like my back is pinned up against a wall. But whose back are we talking about? She asked. Mine. You don't have a back, but rather we are pure air. Now what are you getting at about this love feeling broken when our wind is the love we are called to share? Said Mahakali. But I'm asking about that inner intensity, that anger that rumbles through my heart. It feels like I'm getting split in half because that fairy and I never had a fair chance from the start. Who is it that's talking? And what about us? Are we not the light within all hearts? And isn't this light something that you can trust? She asked. Of course I'm with you, but I feel separate and together. But what if the fairy gets hurt? Am I not allowed to have love for her? Unconditional love has no conditions. So why would you fret? No need to worry about the fairy, because whatever we give is exactly what we get. She said, but our relationship has ended. Do you understand what has occurred? That spider turned the fairy's life into chaos, all because that spider abused her. The abuse must be confronted. This is what all women on the pillar of severity expect. And if the crime is severe enough, then I am willing to sever their necks. Now the real examination starts with the intuition behind the rage. That spider who abused her is hiding behind a mask and is making a disgrace of himself on this earthly stage. The body itself is like a mask for the soul, but sometimes we create inner masks too. And if one is not careful, those inner masks will dilute the way you examine what is true. That spider has more than one mask, since he has a physical body plus an inner world where he hides. Unfortunately for him, this inner realm is covered in shit, filth, confusion, ignorance, and lies. Who stalks love when true love sprouts from within? This spider has not only broken the law, but his action was the definition of debauchery and sin. Violent acts must end, and this too will help set women free. Now go free all beings, go on and float across the sea, said Maha Kali. You want me to go along? But I've still got more questions. This spider is an idiot who hasn't paid for his punishment, and I believe he has yet to learn his lesson. No matter what a law says, or what the court sentence states, the consequence of any soul's karma is bound by the individual's choice, which is not something the soul can escape. 
All souls are bound by me, until their love is ready to make amends. And once they make up for their mistakes, the cycle of pain will break, and then the soul can ascend. She said, Ascend? How is it that the soul can rise? So many people's spirits are lost in this land, and I fear there will not be hope for their soul after the body dies. How can you lose hope when love is who we are? Within all beings is the light of Christ, and so we are that morning star. It may take that spider many lifetimes to ascend, as we explore many ways to work with our karma through various bodies. Picture the angels who measure this path in the levels of life throughout all the different forms our spirit embodies. The first level of life is found within a rock. Then the second level of life lives within the sea. The third level of life is found in fire. And the fourth aspect is in the endless air that flies ever free. The fifth level of life lives within space. And the sixth level of life is where creation sprouts plants, trees, and leaves, just as any branch does grow. Soon that magic spreads the seed of life, where the seventh level of life detaches from the ground before animals explore, roam, and form a mind that seeks survival and attempts to know. Above animals, there is the eighth level of life, where we find your fellow human beings. This is where people live, and they are able to formulate ideas like justice, God, and reason, she said. So this ascension is the path of the grapevine. But how should I make sense of a world with anger? Isn't this aggression absurd? Why is embodied life bound to a path of such violence and danger? Anger is a choice, and so we must navigate our individual survival features. Imagine each sense as a deep need to protect the body, mind, and spirit, which comes together to make the vehicle of any given creature. The human species has a primal instinct, just like the lower realm of the anima within the first seven levels of life. And when a human person is threatened in some way, the ego, like the animal, conjures energy for protection, whether the deed is viewed as wrong or right. Eat or be eaten. Animals live in a protective and sometimes obsessive manner to fight for their homes. This is the reason that animals protect their offspring, so their lineage has an opportunity to evolve and grow. When in survival mode, the primal form will protect its family, friends, and mates. But this becomes an issue when an abuser like that banana spider is ego-driven, as he did not let his lover escape. These selfish actions align with the lowest levels of life, something like a possessive ape, said Maha Kali. But the fairy still saw his heart's potential. She knows our soul makes him divine too. Even though I see him as a violent threat, there's no way to know what his untamed wickedness might do. What if the law doesn't correct his behavior? It's more than possible that the fairy could forgive his acts and release him back into the wild land. What if he's free to roam but acts so terribly that another vicious cycle makes him an even more harmful man? This is choice, and soon the result of choice will come back into view. Like a boomerang, all impacts come back into this lifetime, and that impact even stretches to all beings including me and you, she said. Mahakali, I am learning, and I realize that we must protect all the light that is left. But how can we protect our fellow beings of life from vice, violence, and theft? 
We cannot let abusers continue, but still there must be a way to guide a lost spirit. Please share a solution to end this cycle of suffering. Please tell me the truth, and I will be your means to share it. Divinity exists within all form, and the spark of the spirit is somewhere along the journey upon a great vine. Many human spirits think they exist solely upon the earth, but there are those among you who are courageous and have already begun their spiritual climb. This path is through the tree of life, and so they first pass through the astral plane to unite with the dreamlike or formless essence of our soul. And in this ascension, the spirit learns to take action that embodies the lucid reality that makes us one united whole. Then the spirit can rise, but only if the light in their heart is connected up through their head. Then the spirit can be reborn as a genius or superhuman with nine levels of life. But this only happens when their heart is connected with their head. There are geniuses and superhumans among us those who have bloomed into nine levels of life. This is when they have stayed true to their soul's path throughout all the daunting challenges to survive among chaos and strife. These are people who did an extraordinary job, like Gandhi, Mother Teresa, or Albert Einstein. But not all of these beings do positive work. If the ego overtakes the heart, their influences are like Hitler, Putin, or Saddam Hussein. When the human body dies, the soul becomes very powerful, and the soul exists between nine and ten levels of life, but only if their head is connected to their heart. Otherwise, they descend into a lower bodily form that fits them right. There, the journey of the grapevine is reshaped, and they could be reborn anywhere between another human birth or that of a flea. The climb is up and out, but sometimes they descend so low that I plant them in the ground and they become a seed of new trees. There they spend the years observing the worldly nature and they'll have to relearn how to stay calm. The choice is to grow and so we must remember that the soul of our ancestors exists everywhere all along. Climbing back up the ladder of life, they'll grow upward in an effort to be freed. And there a great adventure of the spiritual path awaits the soul when it begins to remember that there exists a great woman who is known as our mother that cultivates the energy called the soul, wind horse, or shakti. I am that life force. I am the energy of all. And not so long ago, you found union with me. That's when you answered my call, said Maha Kali. Together we looked out upon the sky and into space which had been going on for eternity, and still not a single one of our souls had ever died. We were one together, and now I spoke to her very carefully. You must forgive my memory. I forget more often than I remember. Ever since I touched the grapevine, my entire soul began to burn and purify like an ember. What is the way now? Where do we go from here? She winked and giggled. <laughs> Don't tell me you've forgotten how to smile at fear. Continue the climb, and someday the journey of life will grant you great rest. Just like after a great ancestor dies, they are reunited with their Holy Spirit, which dwells in the tenth level of life, where they exist in my holy breath. Whereas the eleventh level of life is home to those who come back in bodies to lead great social work and change. Next are the great artists, with twelve levels of life, 
and their spirit brings great recognition and fame. Then Yaksha is next with 13 levels of life, and these beings are that of supernatural birth. Be it a demon or deity, they can live in lakes, seas, cities, or sometimes find a home in a human, or they are found in the aspects as they embody the elements of the earth. They bring comfort and wealth for those who find them, but not much joy if they find a human's birth. Above yakshas are the devas, or angels, with fourteen levels of life. And above them are the siddha, or great teachers and gurus. These beings have found fifteen levels of life, and live as a perfected being who has gone deep in meditation, because they have purified all their karma and transcended the karma their family has been through. Said Mahakali. Now I'd been thinking about who I was lately, and there I realized I was alive and empty without any form. I embodied the weather as the clouds as I contained pure energy that always transforms. I wanted to ask her about the thunder and about our lightning that blooms. I was curious about how endlessly I could cry, and I was even curious about the magic as to how the grapevine blooms. But what was the right question? especially if I was here with a choice. But without a body, then was I living without a voice? Well, I could still howl across the earth, but I didn't want to be destructive because I wanted to assist. And if there was any light left in this world, then I wanted to help the world persist. And once you hear a calling, then you'll know we have to act. Because when you only look forward, it's impossible to go back. She told me I had one week, and that's when it was the end. And so during the first day, I journeyed across the land to whisper to all living life that there was a big matter in which we all had to attend. Now I was with the earth speaking, and this warning was beyond race, gender, or creed. It was something on behalf of everything ever born, and the outcome was a possibility that all beings could be freed. And if you get a chance like that, you better take it like I did. There's no way I'd go back, and there's no way that I'd quit. So go on and listen to your heart. There you'll hear Christ calling. He's pounding from within our hearts. And there is the answer within our ancestor soul, always howling. To live from the heart is to feel heaven on earth, a higher state beyond time, a magic that the Garden of Eden was grown in. And this is the heart of Christ from which all life starts. The wind rushed over the plains. I touched everyone I could, heading into everywhere. I had to make sure anyone who held the light was prepared, safe, and aware. So go on and join heaven and earth. Connect the heart into the head. Because after you do it, our soul can continue on its journey long after the body is dead. Then our spirit will raise you higher. Let the wind sweep away your sickness and worries. Let the wind ease your troubles, and all that's left is bliss, truth, love, and Krishna's glory. This is the morning's dawn. It is the rising of the great eastern sun, a purity that lives with all plants, creatures, and humans, as this source existed before any earthly life ever began. No words to describe our spirit, no creed that could possibly explain. Yet there is a mysterious seed of life, and it is ignited in your heart like a burning flame. Some people will not hear this. Others will be stuck in the past, trapped in the future of the minds. 
Lost in the material world, they've been caught up in a maze even after the mother sends severe signs. I don't know if anyone will hear me, but you have to connect the heart with the head. Otherwise, in one week, she'll pass over the land, and then it'll be too late to hear what her wind's voice has said. On the first day, I flew over the earth, and when it came time for dawn, I could see that many creatures heard the wind's warning, because I listened to them chanting some sort of song all along. They were passing the message on. They were spreading the words to all their friends. Now what were they saying? A fool one week to the end? Oh, were they speaking about me? And I think they were warning everyone they could. Yes, there was one week to the end, and I was the fool that would. Know that I have nothing against anyone, but know that I am against all torture, violence, and ill will. And that is why I am doing everything in my power to protect our earth, so that more helpless creatures, including humans, plants, and animals, will not be killed. There comes a time, just as the seasons change, when we must evolve into the heart space because we cannot remain the same. Our planet is suffering, and the wickedness must be wiped clean. There is a difference between pure survival and that of gluttony and greed. Now, I didn't exactly understand why they were calling me a fool, because I did what I had to do. And if I had to do it over, then this is still what I'd do. Everything that happened is the collective experience that we've been through, and the light that is left on this planet is the essence of the source called God, carried on through everyone who stayed true, connected and protected. God's light is safe and sound. The soul is with the company of angels and saints right now, which is running through a lineage up the tree of life beyond the earthly knowledge that can be found. All the higher spheres are different planes, and not one of them is the same. Yet every aspect is like a pit stop for the soul, and so in these realms we do not feel any physical pain. Go on and reach a little higher. Dig your roots a bit deeper in the ground. Open up your heart and search for the truth, because there is the love within all of us that is waiting to be found. The first day felt like fog, because how else do you remind people of the confusion that clouds what is awake? The mother of earth had to explain to everyone in the most direct way she could that something immense was at stake. Now who could understand it? So how can she explain? All she came to say is that there is a route to suffering and there is a path beyond the worldly pain. Follow her if you're ready. The answer has been within you and nature all along. Shakti is the light of Christ within your heart, and this heartbeat is God's song. We are reflections of God, and God is a source within all aspects of our earth. The way you treat her nature is the same way you are treating the mother who gave you birth. If not for her, then we don't exist. Stand with Maha Kali. In union we persist. But what did they call me? A fool one week to the end? I could hear them whispering a nickname, and so they would know this one as Jimbo Weekend. Now a name is just a name, nothing more than a vibration of rhythmic chatter. The truth is within the heart, and that is the heart of this matter. But if the answer is so easy, if all we need to do is connect the head and the heart, then why does she make it sound so simple? 
and where on earth would we start? Picture a baby or a child. The connection between our heart and our head is perfect at birth. But over time, this connection can dissolve if we get lost in the worldly maze. And after enough hardship, trauma, and difficulties, we forget our heart's innate worth. Know that when any young child dies, if they are near or below the age of 11, then their head-heart connection is likely to be in union. And so if they pass on, then they are one with heaven. It is us adults in this modern age who lose sight, and we forget how to live from our hearts. That's why we can get trapped in the fear when it feels as if our life has fallen apart. In the Gospel of Matthew, it is the one named Levi who addresses this question. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Levi speaks of this head-heart connection, where like a child we see no difference in race, creed, or gender. But rather the truth is that all children know we come from God, and this is the truth that few adults remember, she said.